Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville. Or at Brupolo over in Tupelo, it would be a little weird. Robbie, if Brupolo was in Polkville. That would be a little weird. But if they did have some nice polk sausage, be a perfect place for it. We can't go too far. Polks isn't paying to be on this podcast yet. So now when they do, we'll, we'll Yeah, but we'll, you know, fine supporter of Sports Talk Mississippi. They are, they are. But I see no have... reason why we shouldn't discuss them. I'm not saying we're gonna disparage them, but you know, careful with the free advertising. You know, we want we want we are a premium product. We want people you know, they're not giving us sausage, so we're not giving them, you know, talk. Hulk, he doesn't enjoy your sausage. Oh no, he's I do. Just, he just said it. Yeah, he, he, no, no, no. he just said it. Senator Polk knows for a fact that I enjoy his sausage. He knows that. I have eaten it many times. Send all your complaints to Brian Haydad. Haddad. At gmail.com. That actually is my email address. Is it? Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> That's my uh my personal email. I have my work email as well. Send it there. Yeah. Great. Flood it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it signed up for a bunch of you know, cat websites or God knows what else. Uh, wherever you are in our great state, might be, never mind. Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Don't forget, every time you buy from Strange Brew Coffee House, you support the Bulldog Initiative. Just like you do with our friends over at PIP Printing and Signs. Envelopes, forms, banners, window and wall graphics, 3D signage, outdoor signage, reliable service for every business need. If you're a business owner, you already spend money on printing. I can get you a deal with PIP Printing where 10% of whatever you spend goes right back to the Bulldog Initiative and your name. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. If you're a Mississippi State fan who's spending money on printing, this feels like a no-brainer to me. So call Camden Baker at 601-499-5216. And get let him know you want to give your business to Pip Printing and Signs. When you need printing, call Pip Pip today. Ah, my eyes are bothering me for some reason. What did you do? You're not even here. What'd you do? Might be the cats at your house. You're not allergic to your cats. I'm not. First of all, I'm not at my house. So I know, but here. you just I'm came pretty... from your house, did you not? Yeah, but that I, they, my eyes weren't bothering me at my house. You never know. It's a delay. Sometimes you develop I'm not allergic allergies. To my cats. How dare you? Baloo could hear you talk like that. He'd claw your eyes. You got to bring him to my house now. I'm going to have to take him in. No, God, no. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. Everything maroon and white is at College Corner. They've got not only just great a great selection of clothing, they've got stuff for your car, your tailgate, your house, your left field lounge spot, your dog. Whatever it is, if you need to let people know, hey, I'm a Mississippi State fan, you can find it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. That's the place to go for lunch, for dinner, for Sunday brunch, if you want the best meal in town. Now, if you don't want the best meal in town, if you're like, eh, eh, seat, whatever, yeah. You don't have to worry about it then. But if you want to eat good when you're in Starkville, you need to do it at Restaurant Tyler. This week for lunch, I would suggest making a stop in. If you're going to be here for any reason, you need to stop and grab the best blue plate in town. It's at Restaurant Tyler. If you want to have a special occasion, you just need to make a reservation at Restaurant Tyler. There are 16 priority. Somebody said that as far as they're concerned, the name of the company is 16 Priority One Bank Location. So we're going to switch it up a little bit here. There are Priority One Bank locations in 16 different places here in central Mississippi. 
And you can find one by going to PriorityOneBank.com. And you can learn more about the financial services that they offer. They offer that small-town feel, like when you walk into a community bank and you know everybody's name. But at the same time, they offer you all the financial flexibility you need these days. If you're already a Priority One customer, you know that their app is fantastic. It's a smooth, streamlined app for your mobile device. You can do a lot more on there than just uh, than just move your money around, that's for sure. Give them a look today. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. It was a busy weekend. A lot going Ryan, on. Uh, I've got some bad news. Oh, no. Monta Ellis has a son that's getting recruited. I don't know if that's bad news, so, but it's it's bad news for us in that we're getting old. Well, yesterday when we were in the press box at baseball, I showed you that that tweet that was the four horsemen of feeling old, and it was Jameer Nelson Jr., Anquan Bolden Jr., Frank Gore Jr., who we already knew about, and I don't remember the other one. Uh, I don't remember who it was. But the ones you just showed me the other night. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, well, and then well, um, it was just I think it was last year I got. Uh, somebody sends me a tweet, a text, and I sent it to a bunch of y'all of Winsome Frazier Jr. was playing football yes. for Florida A and M. Just this is where we are as a society. That you know the, these guys. I mean, and you think about it, we're only he's 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 actually kind of young when you think about it, but we're only a few years away from Eric Dampier Jr. being the number one high school recruit in the country. Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. Is is a freshman at Alabama. That now that one is the one that blows my mind. That because blows my mind because he's only about. That was during the Saban era. Drake Kirkpatrick Drake, played in like 2012. Yeah, so Drake Kirkpatrick played for Nick Saban at Alabama. So that's so he like, had like know, an eight year old son. Like Monta was what? Monta was oh five, oh five, something like that. Yeah, that's reasonable. That's nineteen years. Still, like it's just hard to believe. A, could have had a kid. Right when he went to the NBA, and the kid would be old enough to play college ball today. Not so for Drake Kirkpatrick. Not so. Uh, years. What was his last year at Alabama? I, well, was, you know, you remember Frank Gore was still playing in the NFL like three years ago. Yes. And, and I was wondering, like, is it possible that he could be playing kind of like Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr., where they played at the exact same time? That would be insane. There was almost a chance of that happening. Yeah, I, I, Frank should come back. To be honest with you, so I mean, you got, you you might have that with LeBron and Le, and Bronny. Yeah, because uh, apparently LeBron doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. So Drake Kirkpatrick was the first was a first round pick in the 2012 NFL draft, which means his last year would have been 2011. So that's 13 years ago. So if he has a son that's 18, that kid was five. When his dad was uh, in his last year in college, which means, which means, hold on, what year? So, Kirkpatrick born in 1989. So in 2012, he's in 2011. He's 21. So he had a kid when he was 16. Yeah. Which you know, hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. Fairly common. I, I had a friend that had a kid at 16. The fact, the fact that apparently he's in the kid's life. That's good. That's yes. good stuff. I don't have a problem with that. You know, did he make a, a probably an unwise decision at sixteen? Yes. Has he made the correct decision since then? It appears so. So good for him. Yeah, the kid obviously to get a chance to go play at Alabama. You know, his da- dad's doing something right. Yeah. But that, that, yeah, this like this just blew my mind because it, it to me it feels like yesterday Monta was playing uh, high school basketball and mm-hmm. had a chance to come to Mississippi State yeah. and. Well, went now Bender that I think back at it, that was almost Monta, 30 years ago or 20 Out, years ago. Outlaw was the third one that, that went pro straight and missed Mississippi State. It was Jonathan Bender, Bender Travis Outlaw, Montellis. Monta would have played with Outlaw was before Bender or was before uh, Monta? Yeah, I think Outlaw okay. was like 02. Okay, yeah, I guess 02 or right. 03. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're right. You're right. Um, Monta would have been playing with like Jamont Gordon, the Delks. Oh. I think he was at. Like similar time, what yeah. a difference maker. Because I remember thinking, like, if they could, if that kid, team could have had Monta for one year, that would have been a good team. Oh, yeah. That they were. You remember that was a bad year. Oh yeah, it was the year after uh, the SEC champion. They'd had back to back years with Lawrence Tropical. So. Yeah. So like, if they would have had him, I think they would have been, they would have been able to kind of sustain. Yeah. But the one and done thing, 
stands with Jonathan Bender, then Travis Outlaw, and then Monte Ellis would have changed a lot for that program. Yeah. All right, well, it's been great going down memory lane. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Nothing else to talk about, I guess. Oh, wait. No, full weekend of Mississippi State sports uh, to get over. A lot of baseball. Jam-packed. We'll talk about baseball later. We'll start with men's basketball. Um, when we get to a Sports Talk Mississippi later today, I'm going to label Saturday as Survival Saturday because that's what it was for State and for Ole Miss. They both played teams that they should have beaten a lot worse. They didn't, but they got the win and they survived. And, you know, losses would have been catastrophic isn't the big enough word. I'm going to go with cataclysmic. It would have been really bad, especially for Ole Miss. The Ole Miss is on the bubble as it is. They, they're at 65 now. They, they're treading water big time. A loss would have put them in the 80s, probably. They would have, they would have been out uh, of it as it is. Uh, for Mississippi State, they are currently 38th in the net. They dropped down today. Uh, they drop down. This is what happens when you play a bad team and you don't beat them bad. The, 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 I, I, one thing we say on this show a lot is when you're a good team and you play a bad team, you should beat them bad. The, the, mm-hmm. the net punishes you when you don't do that. If you're a good team and you beat, play a bad team and you only beat them by five, six points, you get punished for that. And I, I don't have a problem with that. So, And we've reached a point now where Washington State is actually way ahead of state. They're 31 in the net now. That is going to be a solid, solid win uh, for the Bulldogs. Huge, huge win. Northwestern up to 56 after their win over Indiana. Suck it, Stefan. How about that? Uh, Stefan delivered a uh, Ole Miss win today. So del- Hand delivered it. I always preferred the Croatians, what I'm trying to tell you. The Serbians. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so mad. If I wear red and blue, it's going to be his fault. I'm blaming him. So you're waiting on the game Wednesday. Well, if I if I I'm down two now to Richard. So if I win the game Wednesday, I'm down one, but I got to get three out of four in baseball to win. He only needs a split in baseball at this point. And if he wins, if if Ole Miss wins the game uh, Wednesday. I'm done. I need a I need a sweep, a complete sweep. They can't lose a game to them in baseball. Seems unlikely. Oh. Um, excuse me. So, seventy-one sixty-seven is the final score uh, from the hump. Big game for Josh Hubbard. Not a great shooting game, but he made big shots when it mattered. Cam Matthews again, uh, seventeen points, ten rebounds, a plus twenty-two in his thirty-six minutes. I had a block, had three assists, four of his rebounds were offensive. Not not credited with a steal, Robbie, but how is that possible? I don't know how. He had hands on almost every basketball, every trip down. Um, He's holding this team together. State tweeted out that link about glue guys, but I mean, what you just said is very true. Especially with Jeffries being out, and and Jeffries tried to go give it a go on Saturday, played three minutes, and you could tell he wasn't right on the court. So Mississippi State got him off. Jans got him off the court. Said you know, I, he was proud I that think, he tried to gut it out, but it just wasn't ready to play. And I think he pulled himself out, which shows the maturity yeah. level. Of maturity he told Jans like I can't, I can't go, and and he wanted to go. I I don't know how he was cleared, Brian. Uh, he did not look. Yeah, anywhere close to ready. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer, but those are the only two guys in double figures for state are Cam and Josh Hubbard. Shaq Moore had nine on, didn't miss a shot. He needs to shoot more when he's not missing shots. Uh, and then you have Tolu Smith, eight points, eight rebounds, only twenty-two minutes for him. He had some foul trouble. State had four players with four fouls in this game. Arkansas had five, three players foul out of the game. Uh, I know if you listen to Eric Musselman's post-game comments, you would think only Arkansas had players called for fouls, but State did too. Um, Hubbert was here's the thing two about fouls that in the first three minutes of the game. And here's the, here's the thing about that. So, like I said, three players with four fouls. State had Arkansas had five more fouls than Mississippi State, but like three of those were like in the final minutes. So the fouls were virtually even. I, I don't. I don't understand the complaint. And then he started complaining about uh, like the rules and like how like 
that should be more like the NBA. I, I, I just didn't understand. Like it, the whole game was just him complaining to the referees, and I, I get the Philly. gist. That's what he does every game. Yeah. Well, I mean, his team is no good. He's trying to find excuses. Yeah. By Take the, way, the heat real, off himself. Real quick, do you know what the final score was of this of this All Star game, the NBA All Star game? Oh, I'm sure it was 170 to 160 something, buddy. It was 211 to 186. <sighs> That's a real score. That's oh, what the final score of that game is. I don't know if that's like disgusting, or if I would have loved to have watched that. They, they must have just been incredible shot making. I mean, I know there's they never defense, met, they never play defense in those. Yeah, but even if you don't play defense, I mean, you got the shot still got to go in. Yeah, but you know, when you get to that level, man, you're a pro. That's my point. Like, you though, shot like, you're, you're watching this incredible offensive offensive efficiency. I would, I, I don't know. I don't know how I You've feel about shot that. shot so many times at that point, like you just have, you're throwing it into ocean. I will have my official take on tomorrow's uh, sports talk, Mississippi. I'm sure I'm sure somebody else will too. Uh so for the Bulldogs, they out rebound Arkansas by uh by 15 in this game, really dominated the boards. Um shot 48%, not bad. Hut, State's perimeter defense again shows up three of 17 Arkansas from behind the arc, just could not hit the three ball. Um but state. This is, you know, and we may talk about this with the women a little bit. If I, I state wins, Ole Miss or state's women lose because they turn the ball over. There's one mm-hmm. stat you can circle and say that's what killed them. It was almost free throws for Mississippi State. They only win by four, but they were 19 of 32 off the free throw line. They could they could have easily won this game by double digits uh, with just a it was just a, an average uh, free throw shooting performance. Luckily for state, it's not not the case. Um, Arkansas State led most of the first half and most and most of the second half. Arkansas grabbed a lead, held the lead with a minute to go. They were up sixty-seven to uh, sixty-five, but State finishes on a six-zero run. Got a couple of good defensive stops in there uh, and gets the win. They had to have this win. They couldn't afford a loss. It had to be this way, and it is. And now State can move on. And their next set of games, as we've been talking about, will all be quad one, quad two kind of opportunities. Two quad two games this week when they bring in Ole Miss on Wednesday, and then they'll travel to LSU. LSU had a really big win on Saturday, uh, coming down from coming back from sixteen points down uh, to win at South Carolina. That's actually a very surprising result to me. Bad week for South Carolina. This is a team that last week, you know, they were nine and two in the conference. They were, they were kind of looking like they might have a chance to actually win the SEC, and instead. They lose by 40 points to uh, to Auburn. Then they lose at home to um, to LSU. This is a crazy stat here. So combined, Ole Miss and South Carolina, they are a combined 40 and 11. Their nets are 58 and 65. I mean, Ole Miss is, like I said, Ole Miss still has to play Alabama, Mississippi State, uh, I think they have another game with Texas A&M, although it's at home. They have tough games remaining. I mean, they they, they are very, very much a bubble team. It's going to be tough for them to get in. South Carolina is probably going to get in. But if they have another bad loss, and I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but if they, I mean, they have two quad three losses. If they if they lose another bad game, I mean that that, that they're in trouble. They they I think oh, they have to play Ole Miss again too. I think. They do. That's right. Yeah. So they, a, they they have to come to Ole Miss for those two teams. They they have to. The winner of that game will probably be in, and the loser will almost certainly be out. That's not going to be the case uh, Wednesday in Starkville. State State is in a good spot right this second, but they would really add to their resume. They need to get a win over the Rebels. Uh, if, if, if nothing else, you know, you need to beat Ole Miss just to make everybody happy. But that's a that's a big game for State coming up. But they they played what they played well. At, they played well enough to win by more than four in this game. You know, when you put yourself on the line thirty-two times, yeah, you should be able to. To you know, that, that should be another eight, nine points on the uh, the total for Mississippi State. Instead, they struggle. Also, Keyshawn Murphy. I want to mention him again. Four points, uh, but seven big rebounds. He played a really weird game. He kept driving into the lane trying to dunk, and there were just always people there, and so he couldn't. He just never, yeah, I just don't think that's going to be his game. No, I don't know. I don't quite know what, what was going on there. So, but he's gotten better rebounding. His defense is getting a little better. Yeah, 
Um, he's he's learning to help Mississippi State in different ways, and they need that because they were they could not stay out of foul trouble. Man, Tolu never got in a groove. Something was wrong with him yesterday. Um, you know, Jimmy Bell just you know he's he's just not you're just not getting much from him yeah. when he's in the game anymore. Um, he, he, he was in three, foul trouble. Three points, four rebounds in 15 minutes uh, for Mississippi State. I think he had a block too. Didn't have a block. I'm sorry. Now go ahead. I thought State did a really good job. Uh, they, now they struggled with Makai Mitchell. He he was kind of their rat. Yeah. Um. But I, I thought State did a really good job on Tremont Mark, who's quite possibly their best offensive threat, mm-hmm. and did some good things with Khalif Battle too. And both of those guys fouled out. But Mark was never really able to get much going. Um, Devo Davis was not able to get much going. So they did a good job, I thought, on the guards. Makai Mitchell kind of took over the game there in the in the second half. But yeah, he had yeah, a good, stretch, had a good there. stretch there. Defensively, I thought good solid ball game for State. And you know, Arkansas was missing two key players. Uh, but it was one of those games like just like the Missouri game and, and Georgia, the style points just don't matter at this point. You just have to win games. Now, they do matter in, in a sense that they can help you. They can, you can definitely take a jump in your net by beating someone badly, like mm-hmm. we saw against Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been nice to get a ten-plus point win against Arkansas, and maybe you don't drop several spots. Mm-hmm. But for for me, the most important thing right now for Mississippi State is just finding ways to win, and they've held chalk like we needed them to. We talked after the Ole Miss game. I remember saying after the Ole Miss game, I think State will be 6-6 six and six when Ole Miss comes back to Starkville, and here they are. Uh, as badly as they played at Alabama, as tough as that loss was to Ole Miss to not be able to go on the road and win that game, they are right exactly where we thought they could be at this point in the season a few weeks ago. Um, and they haven't stubbed their toe. They beat the two teams they absolutely had to beat. They held serve at home against – against Georgia, they have to do it again here. I, I think winning your home games from here on out is probably going to get you in. But you would like to take a road game during that stretch too. But if you beat Ole Miss and you beat Kentucky and you beat uh, South Carolina at home, i got to think they're in. So protecting your home court right now is the most important thing for Mississippi State. And yeah. you cannot lose to Ole Miss. That's a quad two loss. Um, it's losing to your rival. It's losing at home. You have to win this game. Keep this winning streak going. A four-game winning streak going to Baton Rouge. You're feeling really good about yourself. I, I think State really needs to win this game, and hopefully you're close to 100% healthy at this point. Um, you got a few more days now for DJ, almost a full you know, couple of weeks. I know he played the other day, but – And Jan he said in been- the postgame that – I, he made it sound like Fort could have played Saturday, but they just didn't play. Yeah, I thought it would be the other way around. Yeah, uh, I had I had no expectations of DJ playing, and I thought Fort. And you know, Jan, I think Jans was kind of surprised like a week or two ago that he didn't play. Like mm-hmm. he's expected him to come back um, fairly quickly, and he just hasn't been able to bounce back. I think that's that's kind of a tough injury, especially for a shooter. So, you know, we'll see if he's able to get back this week. They need him. They they need some more options out there. You, yeah. You had some big-time shots from Josh Hubbard. Um, you know, Shaq Moore has has hit some big shots, too, of late. I would like to see Sha- – Shaq's starting to shoot the ball pretty well. I would like to see him look to score more. He He's five of his last five from three, and he's turning down a lot of shots. I, I want to see these guys shoot with some confidence because – they do have some guys that have the potential to hit from long range. Um, they need some guys to be looking for their shot. You you have a lot of guys driving in the paint with an open lane, and they turn around and look for somebody to pass it to, and it's just like, just go score. It, you know, even Cam Matthews did it a couple of times, like, and he's a guy that's usually pretty confident getting to the rim. You got, you know, Deshaun Davis and Shaq and Cam and guys like that driving and then turning around and looking to pass. Um, the same thing at three-point line. They turn down some good looks sometimes. It's almost like they're a little trigger-happy or opposite, trigger-shy. Yeah. 
Um, some of the, the like to see a little more confidence. Some of the stuff State's done offensively this year has been head scratching. The way they put the ball in a Tolu Smith's hand so far away from the bucket, he's almost, yeah. almost every possession where he gets the ball, he's having to dribble. I, I, and he's backing like he's backing he's players back into the paint. In. But he's not a good not a good enough ball handler that you know teams are taking advantage of that. They're coming around, they're double teaming him, they're knocking the ball out from behind. State needs to put him in more positions where he just gets the ball and goes up and shoots. And part of that, I think, is totally like you just said, he he's a little trigger shy. You know, he had a couple of opportunities on Saturday where he could have just dunked it. But it feels yeah. he, he for whatever reason, I don't know if that's a, an injury concern with him or what. So you, you'd like to see a little bit better from him. And I, and he's certainly capable of it. The previous three games to that, he was having a fantastic – yeah, he was great against Georgia. He was great against Missouri. He was actually really good scoring-wise against Alabama. But, you know, he was not at his best. But it, it says something for Mississippi State to be able to go out there and not play anywhere close to their best game and still lead the majority of the game. And then when they had to have it, they got it there at the end. So – Good win for the Bulldogs, and like you said, moving ahead to a absolutely huge week uh, with 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 Ole Miss and LSU uh, down in Baton Rouge on uh, Saturday. By the way, o- Ole Miss apparently has uh, also updated their website, and it also is not user friendly like Mississippi State's. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't like it. Well, uh, we'll just throw that in the list of things about them that we don't like. Um, you were at the women's game uh, today in Oxford. State with an eight-point lead with how much time left to play and gave it away? It's like, it's like five and a half minutes. That's rough. You know, they 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 were down by 12, I think, in the first quarter. They, they played and got themselves all the way back into it, then took a lead and looked like they were in control there for a second, and it really feels like they just gave this one away. They did. I- I thought it was well coached from Sam Purcell to get the team back in the game. And I think maybe they were a little uh, too conservative there in the back half of that ball game. Ole Miss was ready to give up. Uh, I'm it, it just it is what it is. We talked about that up there on the press row. I, I told Stefan they they couldn't score on offense. And their half court sets were awful. Mm-hmm. State was really, you know clogging the lane, making them take some bad shots, take mid-range jumpers, outside shots, contested shots in the lane. And they just could not score in the half court after the first quarter. They really struggled with it. And the only time they were scoring in the fourth quarter in the first five-plus minutes was from the free throw line. And State, I think, let off the gas a little bit when they built that eight-point lead. They tried to run some clock and – a lot of standing around on offense, a lot of shooting late in the shot clock. And ultimately, it, I think it came back to haunt them doing that. Ole Miss was able to hit a couple of buckets, get back in the game, and then you give you give away uh, a transition bucket to get the game within two. And then Madison Scott gets to her spot and gets a, a bucket to tie the ball game, send it to overtime. State just did not do enough offensively down the stretch to win it. And when they got into overtime – they got a four-point lead, but they just they fouled too much. They couldn't get stops. It's just a really tough loss for them because this was an opportunity to take over second, second place, third place in the SEC, wherever they were at that point. And now you've fallen back to fifth. You got to go on the road to Alabama. You got to go on the road to Auburn. That's going to be two tough road trips. You should win your two home games against Missouri and, and Kentucky, but the two road games. I really feel like they need to take one of those to get a, a solid position in the in the NCAA tournament, which is probably going to be a, maybe a, a seven or eight seed mm-hmm. in the tournament at this point. You've missed two opportunities here to continue to to build your resume and to move up the pecking order. Um, it's just really disappointing the the way these last two games have played out for Mississippi State. But uh, I mean, it's just uh, a tell of two. Um, faces in this game for Mississippi State. You had the bad start and fighting back to take the lead and kind of take over the game I thought was really impressive. To do that on the road, good crowd there. State had a good contingent, but Ole Miss brought a, a good crowd and you did it um, against your rival, against a team that's usually the tougher team on the court uh, most days in the SEC and State fought back and they had kind of taken over the toughness part of it. But 
I thought they got out tough late in the ball game. I thought Ole Miss took over the rebounding. They couldn't really stop them on the on the boards. They were giving up rebounds on missed free throw shots. It's just a lot of stuff, the little things that State didn't do right. And um it you know, it, it kind of mirrors what the the men's team has done a lot of times this year. These two teams, when they lose, they're not doing little things correctly. It feels like both of these teams in the games they've lost this year, it's more about what they're not doing than what their opponents are doing. It's not. It's not. You're not having game. The Alabama game for the men might be a little different because they the, the Alabama shot the ball really well. The game at in Tuscaloosa, yeah. but it feels like most of the time it's just like you're pointing out has State turned the ball over too much. They're they're missing free throws, things like that. It's never. Well, you know, the other team came out and they just had a good game plan and they shot the ball well and they they dominated the boards and that's how it went. It it it, it all it really does feel like a lot of times you're just pointing at what state did didn't do instead of what the other team did. So, and it, uh, it gets so crazy. So state women they they won a couple of games in a row, um, Arkansas and Ole Miss early on in the schedule, mm-hmm. and then the men started going through a little bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. And then the women, you know, the the men start winning and the women lose. And the women go on this five-game winning streak. The men go on a two-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Now the men are on a three-game winning streak. The women are on the two-game losing streak. They can't be good at the same time. I don't know if there's a science to that. Mm-hmm. That's just coincidence. But these two teams cannot be good at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, I don't understand. Truth. And never mind that. I'll, I'll take it a step further. Mississippi can't, State can't be good. Can't, can't have something a, good. You can't have, you have a complete day. No. So State wins the men's game on Saturday, so they lose the baseball game. They win the baseball game on Sunday, so they lose the women's game. And the same is true for Ole Miss. Ole Miss loses a game on Saturday in baseball. They win the men's basketball game. They win the women's game, so they lose their baseball game on Sunday. You can't have a full day. You why does the, what? Why does it always have to be a sacrifice that has to be made for Mississippi State to be good at something? Because what happened? We're just not lucky enough, man. There's only there's only two options here. Okay, now I'll let you pick which one you want it to be, but you have to pick either we're not lucky enough for something like that to happen, or God is actively working against us. So those are your two options. Which one do you want it to be? Well, Coach Yo said that she that God gave her a gift today with Jessica Carter fouling out. Well, like he go. cares about sports. Well, you go you go with that plus the, the kick that blew back in nineteen eighty three, and and God is just hammering Mississippi State through the years. So there you go. It's Let's, our parents' fault. Not your parents, though. I don't blame Big Daddy. My dad. Oh, I could I could buy it. Ah, uh, you know what? I think we need to do right now is. Into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind that beef, it is what's for dinner. If you're cooking out anytime, look, the weather is starting. I think old Poxitani Phil was on to something. I think after, you know, we had this little cold snap this weekend, but let's be up in the 70s this week. I said, we're, we're, we're back in prime grilling season. Spring is now, I know. Guys, I know. I'm smart enough. I've lived here long enough. There's another one coming. There's another cold snap coming. I know that. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, though. Fire up the grill. It's going to be fine outside. You might even, might even be able to wear shorts. That's what oh. we Oh? Yeah. So, I hope you'll, uh, you'll hit up your meat markets and your butcher shops this weekend. Grab some steaks. Throw them on the grill. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Do you know that one of my, that my, my uh, cousins... Was was in town this past weekend with the two brothers and didn't invite me. Didn't didn't say nothing. Not not Stephen. Not not the Godfather. Another well, one. Well, he he didn't send come talk tag, to us. Send me a tweet. Tag me in a tweet. Like, hey hey Brian, look where do you think I got this good looking sandwich from? I'm like, hello. Well, Stephen didn't come say hello to us either. No, he did. You you were you were you had already you weren't there though. He came by. He came and said hello. I the Godfather I'm always comes. Hey, I'm family. He always, you know. My coworker. Well, I mean, technically, he's your superior. So, you know, they don't like to have. No, he's got his own little thing over there. They, they don't like to have that intermingling, you know? You don't want you don't want to you don't want to fraternize with your with your employees. 
You know, I thought we were you, friends. Well, you know, you used to work for Gene, and now you work for Steven. Oh, I swear to God. I will slap you next time I see you. There it is. There it is right there. Shut up, fatty. I didn't say anything. I didn't say a single thing about your weight. I slapped the herpes right off your lips. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what a great ad read this is. I need to go to Two Brothers this week. I'm sure I'll make it happen. Some smoked wings sound right up my alley, as do a couple of chicken chipotle tacos. Next time you're in Starkville, make sure you've got a trip to Two Brothers on the agenda. Also, Bulldog Initiative Business. Advantage Business Systems. Everybody likes to promise you great service and great products and everything like that. That's what that's that's I mean, no business is out there telling you, hey, we suck. But who's really telling you the truth is the question. And when you have a business that's been open for 49 years, then you know without a shadow of a doubt that they have taken care of their customers. Nobody could stay open that long if they weren't trusted to take care of their customers. They weren't delivering service after the sale. Anybody can deliver service in during the sale when you're in the showroom and they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, It's what happens when you call them later and you're like, hey, I'm having problems. That's when a, a business really shows what it's worth. 49 years with Advantage Business Systems, that tells you all you need to know. So give them a call when you need technology for your business. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Saw that some of you were taking advantage of the Thunder 15 uh, code at Maroon & Co. Really appreciate that. Also, I heard that some of you guys had some trouble with that. Uh, If you'll reach out to those guys at Maroon & Co., they're going to take care of you. You can still get those purchases and get those discounts. Thunder 15 is the code. If you're going to be in Starkville this week for the uh, basketball games, for the uh, for the baseball games, whatever it is, when you make a trip to the Hump before you make a trip to Duty Noble, make a trip to Maroon & Co. Also, don't forget they are the official and exclusive provider for all Bulldog Initiative logo wear. So if you want to wear the polos and the hoodies and the pullovers that the coaches are wearing, you can get them at Maroon & Co. Baseball, here's my stat for you, Robbie. Mississippi mm-hmm. State this weekend, three games, 38 strikeouts, nine walks. That's total in three games. Last year against VMI in the Saturday loss, they had 12 walks. In one game, they had 12 walks. They had more walks in that one game than they had in all three this year. You know, everything else aside, because Air Force, VMI, similar kind of competition. Neither team is great. They looked so much, they looked a lot better. They looked a lot more, they looked like a normal college baseball team. They weren't pitching it all over the infield. They weren't letting 12 runners score or steal bases on them, and they weren't just walking the yard. They lost one game on one pitch. They 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 were one strike away from a sweep. Am I going to sit here and try to tell you, okay, maybe they are going to the College World Series? No, I'm not going to do anything like that. But for one weekend, for the first time in two years, they looked like a normal baseball team, and that's an improvement. Yeah, uh, I'm. I count it as a win for Mississippi State this weekend. I and that might be a loser mentality to some people, and that, that's fine. But after what we've seen the last two seasons, to see a team go out there and look competent on the mound, and say what you want to, yes, if State had not walked two two guys to start that ninth mm-hmm. inning, they're gonna win the game. But I, Mississippi State didn't lose that game on pitching. And as strange as that sounds, it's true though. When they did lose the game on pitching, they didn't. That's not a game they had on pitching. They gave up one run in eight and two thirds innings. Mm -hmm. They were one pitch away from giving up one run in that ball game. And you had a guy that is a year and a half removed from Tommy John out there having to close a game. And I thought, all things considered, I thought Brooks Auger pitched well. He attacked the strike zone. He threw the guy a competitive pitch, and and the guy beat it, barreled it up, and got a base hit. But he didn't walk in. He he wasn't in there walking the bases. Mm-hmm. Wasn't in there giving the game away. Brooks came in there and competed. Um, I thought the two walks were huge by Colby Holcomb. But State had so many opportunities that they didn't take advantage of offensively, and I refuse to blame it on, uh, you know. Mississippi State pitching there yeah. late in that ball game. So it's one of those things where you lost because you, you couldn't make those pitches. That that you can say that, but don't you should never have been in that position. 
It, yeah. it, it's the same thing as, as Mississippi State on Saturday in basketball. If they had needed a last-second shot or something and lost, you could have said the same thing about, well, they should never have been in that position because they had all the free throws. State had opportunities in that game. They had some base-running errors in that one, and that's something that's still a concern. But the the two biggest issues State had in baseball last year were they, they couldn't pitch and they couldn't defend. And this year, through three games, it's just I know the, sam- the sample size is small. But through three games, the pitching and the defense appear to be much better. Dylan Cup, that guy can play shortstop. He'll be yes. fine there. Marshawn, when he gets back, we know he can play shortstop and he'll be fine there. And then Logan Kohler will have to, you know, they'll they'll have to update him. Uh, it looks like a separated shoulder. He's probably, I mean, probably going to be back before SEC play starts. And that's just uh, they need him. They need him back. They've, they've they got to have they him. They need him back for his bat more than anything else. I think. Yeah, and his. The, the couple of plays he did make at third base, I'm sitting there going, my gosh, we have not seen that in a long time at third. Yeah. Robbie, I'm, I'm um, scouting the message board here, and I'm seeing the Monte Ellis Jr. thing here. Dude, he looks, looks just like him. He looks just like his dad. That is, I, I thought that was him. Incredible. I was like, why is, why, why is our good friend Nellum posting highlights from Monte Ellis? Nope, this is Monte Ellis Jr. Wild. Um, one thing that, that does concern me, Brian – the the base running stuff. Yeah. Can they not put a coach at first base? No, you're gonna get somebody mad at you now. I'm I'm just saying, like, and this is nothing against Stone Simmons, but every time I look up at a at a uh, a team, there's a, a actual coach at first. It, it and is. It's, it is weird. Like I get, like you want your players to be in the game or whatever, but everything that that Chris Lamona said on Saturday night about the he called out each individual base running mistake. They had three of them mm-hmm. in one game, and the night before they had one or two. Mm-hmm. Was all decisions all decisions made by the base runner, mm-hmm. which maybe that's common. Uh, I don't know, but you do have a coach there for a reason, do you not? I, so, I would, like the fact that the, the that the person who stands behind the bag is referred to as the first base coach, I would like to have a coach there. LSU does it. Yeah, I, I think Ole Miss does it. I think you know a lot of schools do it. I I don't understand having a pitcher at first base. Mm-hmm. You know, and every base running mistake I believe the other day was at first base. Bryce Chance took off for second base. Pulled up halfway through, thrown out. Joe Powell was caught off the bag, thrown out. Uh, Monty Larry was, I think, thrown out too over there. So I, I just did. I don't know what's going on there, but that's a problem. Mississippi State ran themselves out of that ball game and had twelve opportunities to score runs in the game. Twelve base runners. Three of them were thrown out on the bases, and then nine of them, I think, left on base. So, again, just I'm not going to blame pitching at all this weekend. It was good enough that they should have swept the series, but I'm also not going to complain about the weekend as a whole because I just I think that we saw enough over the weekend to say, okay, this feels different than the last two years. You had even Nate Dome, who – I think did not look completely um, – I'm trying to think of the word. He wasn't as comfortable as you would like a Friday yeah. night to be. Yeah, I he just – he, 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 he would get himself into trouble. He would get himself out of trouble, which is the best yeah. part. You wanted, you, well, the, At least if you're going to do that, you, you, you do the other thing. But he, he should have been on a little bit more cruise control, you thought. And his first game – you know, so they'll work it out again this this next weekend. But you know, especially just like call from Kyle St- from uh, Cole Stephen, it's Cole. Cal. No, it's Cal. Yes. When when Travis Ray, Travis the, said it wrong. He said it wrong. You're telling me yes. SID got it wrong. Yes, I'm telling you that it's Cal. Cal. I was correct about Dome as well, wasn't I? You're also correct about uh about Ligon. Ligon. So. All right. But I, I just don't I just don't think I think that that Nate Dome is better utilized out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. The way that he just wanted to be able to go attacks, out there and max effort it. Yeah. 
I don't think he was able to to be himself as a starter. And I'm sure he wants to be a starter, and I'm sure, you know, that's been a big part of why he's improving his secondary pitches mm-hmm. and all that. I just – for a guy that has that kind of intensity in him and that that kind of ability when he's max effort, through three starts that we've seen the last two years, I think he's been more comfortable coming out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And – I could be wrong. Um, I could make a, a father out there really upset with what I'm saying. I'm sorry. But I just think that Nate can be himself and get his max potential out of the bullpen. And I think Mississippi State is better served having a guy like that because he was so versatile last year out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. He was used as a long reliever. He was used as a setup guy. He was used as a closer. And for the most part, when he came in the ball game, there was no other person that I felt more comfortable about. Maybe Aaron Nixon was up there, mm-hmm. but I knew he was going to compete. And actually, on Friday, I thought he really competed. He just didn't look as in command as he did out of the bullpen. Now, Kyle Steven looks like a Friday night guy to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and you know, Drangelo, I think, is is a guy that I think is going to be your Sunday guy. He's in the right spot. Yeah. yeah because you're going to give up runs on Sunday. You're going to have some, you know, high offensive performances. But he's a guy that's going to be able to kind of keep you in the ball game because he's going to strike some guys out and stuff like that. I think Drangelo is there. What you got to figure out is that that other spot. And maybe it is Dome. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. Dome settles into that role. Or maybe next week when Bradley Lofton is back, you could, you could yeah. look at him there. So. One other thing to talk about, though, uh, only pitched on Friday, but uh, we've been talking about him, especially you, over the past few weeks as Cam Schulke. What a performance. That guy looked every bit the part of a guy who can shut down games for Mississippi State at the end of, at, at, throughout this season. Yeah, I've, that's been my dude for a while, man. Uh, I was just enamored with him in the recruiting process when State got him. I knew that 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 there was something special with him and the deceptive nature of his deliveries. He's going to be uh, just absolute menace for teams offensively. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect guy to bring in late in the ball game, maybe a matchup or something to keep a team off balance after you get a lead or, you know, you need to shut things down or something. That is the guy to bring in. That's a, uh, uh Ryan Rigby-esque. Yeah. Ryan Rigby. I do remember him, yeah. Sub, submarine or side armor. I can't remember exactly what he threw, but when he came in the game, like, he really was buckling some guys up. And I think Shulky can be a guy kind of like that. Mm. That can you, And you can use him in a lot of different ways. I just think it's going to be tough for teams to pick up what he's throwing out there. He had some a couple of nasty pitches that Air Force just could not figure out. And – this is the first time since 2021 that I really felt like Mississippi State was dominating another team on the mound at times. It wasn't like that the whole weekend, but we finally saw like a performance like an Ethan Small or a Will Bednar or somebody like that, that you're better than the other team and you went out there and you just shoved it like Kyle Steven did and Cam Schulke and Tyler Davis. We saw some really good outings from guys this year, multiple players this week. I think that's a big step in the right direction, and that's why I just I can't be upset about that one loss. Yeah, I agree with you. The only the only concern is this with the one loss is that we've talked about it. The schedule is so weak that you just can't have a bunch of losses. You know, your strength of schedule, your RPI, they're going to be low if you lose games like this. I mean, Air Force is a likely quad three loss. Throughout the uh, the year, uh, or or whatever you want to call, it. I don't know. I'm not sure the exact terminology for baseball. I think it's quad three, but I mean they're, they're not uh, they're not going to be a, a great RPI team. So that's something you got to keep an eye on for, for sure. Uh, but uh, what five games this weekend? Or the times have been set. I don't know if that's been put out there yet, but they're on MSU's website. Four o'clock for both of the midweek games against Austin P, and then the series uh, this weekend. It's four two and one. Are your first pitch times uh, for for the Bulldogs there? Who I've I haven't looked at who they're playing because I'm not going to be there. 
Georgia Southern. Won't yep. be, I will not be at the other uh, ballpark this weekend. So. Now, I I will say, like you know, I mentioned, I'm just not bothered by having the one loss. Mm-hmm. They need to start stacking some wins here. They they need to go five and zero this week. Like you don't need to have like you know you're you're splitting exactly. They don't Saturday they don't need and Sunday to every week. You know, if they're five and zero this week, they'd be seven and one. They really yeah. don't need to be six and two, or God forbid, five and three. Like they, I, they I, I honestly. I think they need to get out of this non-conference with like no more than four losses. Four tops. is the absolute ceiling high end of what they can have if you want to have any kind of confidence about playing in the postseason. Yeah, I mean that they've got to to rack up some wins in non-conference and get roles settled and get everybody healthy. Yeah, that's one thing that we haven't talked about as much is David Rashawn, Kohler, Highfield's not healthy, which I thought we saw some really good things from Joe Powell this weekend. I think to me right now he might he might be state's best defensive catcher. Um, so you know you're still not healthy, and that's one thing that we have to consider. So if they can survive and get those guys healthy and get everybody their um, their spots, and you know we haven't seen we saw just a little bit of Ligon, haven't seen Bradley Lofton, haven't seen Stone Simmons. There's still a lot of all uh, pitching pieces for them to put into place too. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of questions still to be answered for this Mississippi State team and when they're fully healthy they might look like a totally different team. They might they might really come together. So we'll see what happens. Before we get out of here, softball too. Huge weekend for them. A couple of top 25 wins. I think they won four straight games at one point against top 25 opponents. Um so they're looking like a team that's that's, you know, they had the historic season two years ago. Last year, they bounce, they they take a step back and, and they miss the tournament. Uh, but this year, off to a really really good start. So, Coach Ricketts has got that uh, program moving in the right direction. And congrats to our buddy Tyler Bratton, by the way. I don't know if you saw announced he and his wife are about to have a uh, a baby. Or, or, or yeah, congrats to them. Congrats, T. Brett. Got a chance to go to got a chance to make that announcement. Found out he's going to be a daddy again. Yeah, and then go to Mexico. Yeah, that's not a- bad. Not great for the for the wife there. Yeah, you know, right. Out, Unless so, she got to no, go. No margaritas. No. Uh, no. None of that. So. Oh well. Hi right, guys. Heck of a week for T. Brat. Four uh, top twenty-five wins and a baby on the way in Mexico too. Yeah. So. So I guess I'm trying to think here. So Ole Miss game is Wednesday. So we can still do the rumblings. Everything will stay normal schedule. So we'll just do that. All right. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk more about that game tomorrow. Uh, we might have a football topic, too. I might, I might come up with something uh, there as well. All right, guys, have a great uh, Monday. Robbie, I'll be back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.